This episode is supported by ED Wine Company. If you're located in the GTA, Hamilton, Kitchener, or Guelph, you need to get ED Wine Company in your life. Sommelier Elizabeth Davies curates four wines for you and delivers them right to your door. Each bottle comes hand-wrapped with tasting notes about what you're sipping. It's an approachable way to explore the world of wine and helps you learn a thing or two along the way. Check them out on Instagram at edwineco and go to edwine.ca to sign up for either a monthly delivery like Shane and I get or just a single wine package, whatever works best for you. When you sign up, make sure to use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 to get 10% off your wine package. Again, that's edwine.ca and ThisFamilyTree10. But Alex. Yeah, Shane? It's time for date night. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. And here's Johnny. Welcome to date night. So before we get into sipping our wines tonight, I want to introduce everybody to my father, who is joining us for you know, an out-of-the-ordinary date night. And his name is Johnny, in case you couldn't have guessed. So, Dad, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, As a frequent listener, I'm happy to be here. Do you feel weird intruding on our date night in any way? No, I've intruded on many of your date nights for the past 20 years. So, John, are you nervous? Because I noticed that you were Googling how to be a good parenting podcast guest before we started this recording. Yeah, well, I'm not nervous about that, but honestly, I did Google funny and witty things to say on a parenting podcast, but I'm nervous about the wine tasting because I think you guys think that I'm a wine expert. That's true. We had a bottle of wine a a little bit ago when we were first starting this, Mm -hmm. and you were like, this tastes of hints of oak and old leather and an old couch, and you knew (laughs) that the tasting notes were so specific and amazing. It seemed like you were such a professional. I do know wines that I know. I, I, I know types of different wines because, you know what, like anybody else, I tend to get things I like over and over again. I've been on a Pinot kick lately, drinking a lot of Mayomi. Prior to that, I was something totally different. I was into Zins, mm-hmm. drinking a lot of uh, big, bold, fruity Zins. So I go about every six months almost exclusively on one wine type. Your job does lend itself to... Alcoholism? Drink. Yes. Well, you do. You wine and dine <laughs> clients. That's that's a part of your job is, honestly, to have some wine. And usually they're very expensive wines. So I would say just through experience, you have a very sophisticated yeah, yeah, palate. Yeah, through experience, I have, have had a lot of wine over 35 plus years of doing this job and a, uh, let's say, liberal expense account. And customers who I take out are, uh, you know, very well-educated, very wealthy people. So, so many of them know their wine very well. And they teach me. Mm-hmm. So, it's never well, the other way around. I got to say, I'm interested in hearing what everybody's got to say. So, while you guys start the sipping process, I will let the audience know what we are what we're drinking. So every week we open up a bottle of wine from our ED Wine subscription service and we try to guess the tasting notes because we're trying to get pro. So this week we are drinking Canteen Paradiso San Andrea Primitivo 2019. Okay, I'm going to start. This wine to me is so incredible right off the hop because it is so different than what we've had lately. To me, it's like velvety. It's thick. There's such a thickness to it. It's. I'm going to start commenting on what it looks like. It's like garnet. It's a really deep garnet and it's really thick. It tastes like, and this is just because of the look and the feel of it, like red velvet cake. And there might be a hint of chocolate. I've never heard of garnet before. What, what is that? It's the like a gemstone. Okay. I agree everything about the look of the wine. And 
when I the initial flavors that come to me, this is an Italian wine, so this will sound odd for the Italian wine. I do detect a couple of the usual things, a hint of cherry. It's it's not to me, it's not velvety. The wine, the, the, the texture. Yeah, only because the few wines that I've been focusing on for the last few months are really velvety. So this this one to me is a, a bit more acidic, if that's if that's the right thing. But I detect this one flavor that I normally wouldn't in Italian wine, cranberry. Mm. So I'd be interested to see if somewhere deep on the flavor list there's cranberry. Now I'm embarrassed to play this card right now but something is wrong with my glass um, and you know we've seen some movies where a man claims that there's dish soap in the wine glass so yeah. he cannot detect what the wine smell my glass there is a perfume in my glass or something it might be a perfume in the wine really no your wine this is different it is shane's is different yeah there's something oh my god different yeah. you have you have no bouquet in your wine you're take mine. Like seriously? So Shane gets an extra thirty seconds. There is something seriously uh Oh I'm glad everyone took there me on board. I thought is. everyone was gonna think I was being a liar. Good for him. Good yeah. for Shane. Shane. He's way better than all your other guys you brought home. Shane has an incredible dad. And if you listen to this as you say you do, you'd know, but Shane has an incredible natural palate. Well yeah. Now I'm feeling like John at the beginning of this episode. Very nervous. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm gonna say the tannins are high. I like um, I like commenting You're on the tannin, tannin. guy. Okay, because it does make me feel like Renee Zellwigery. Okay, and I would say I don't want to copy John's, but I do think a cranberry esque taste is giving me that tartness. There you go. I have it's, to say the aftertaste is incredibly cranberry. The aftertaste yeah. could there be red currant? There's often oh. currant in our wines, and that's that tart black currant. Even like one other thing. Again, it, it for Italian wine, green apple might have given it the tartness too. I could believe that for sure. And I'm going to say the acidity is high too. All right. Cause my, so Because my mouth is watering. <laughs> it's not because I'm just sitting beside you? It's date, it, is, it is date night. <laughs> okay. So I am going to read the tasting notes that Somali Elizabeth Davies provided and provides for every bottle of wine. Primitivo is a grape that finds its home in Puglia, Italy. It has a deep purple color. Garnet, good, maybe. Good. That leaves your glass looking like it belongs in a mosaic. This wine is rich and fruit forward. Dark blackberry and black cherry. There is also cinnamon and sweet tobacco. A touch of florals too. Okay, and so I need to sip this and think about cinnamon and sweet, sweet tobacco. Interestingly, Primitivo is genetically identical to a grape most commonly associated with California. What do you think it is, Dad? Which grape? Uh, more like a Zin. Zinfandel. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I was going to say the California raisins. <laughs> so if you love this wine, it might be worth exploring its American counterpart. This wine is a great complement to Turkish or Moroccan dishes. You couldn't go wrong with classic tomato-based dishes either. Do you have an upcoming Zoom quiz night? Well, here's a question for you. Oh, we get a quiz question this week. I this like this. This is such a cool, different one. I like it. I know. Okay, so John, I'm going to ask you the quiz question. Okay. Where is the famous Zinfandel, a.k.a. Primitivo, originally from? A, Canada, B, USA, C, Italy, or D, Croatia? I would say originally, it probably wouldn't lend itself to California, but I'm going to say California anyway. I'm going to say Canada, just to throw in a secondary guess. And I'm not going to say anything because I know the answer, and the answer is 
D, Croatia. Wow. There was a huge debate for decades between Italy and the U.S. being the OG. But genetic tasting of grapes shocked everyone when it discovered that Croatia is where the grape actually began. You may have thought we're all a bunch of winos, but there is a tone of geeky science and history in each glass. And that is why I find getting into wines so fascinating. And Shane and I watched Sideways this week for the first time we've seen it together. You don't even remember seeing it before. And what I do love about that movie, there are things I do not love about it, but what I do love about it is how they talk about wine and it being a living thing and like living history kind of. So I like that. But getting into date night. So John, are you ready to get into it? Ready to go. All right. So the first question I want to ask you. So I know your parents were both Polish Russian immigrants. They came here after the war and you were kind of a latchkey kid in a sense that Mm -hmm. you kind of went out and did your own thing. I know Babcha, like your mom, she worked on the tobacco farms all the time. Your dad was around, not around. Um, But I was curious about, and we've never talked about this, your relationship with them when it came to relationships. Oh my God. No, I got zero. (laughs) I got zero relationship advice from my dad. My dad was, sometimes you'd see him around, sometimes you wouldn't. (laughs) Just give you an idea of my dad. Uh, One time he pulled me into, uh, you know, the rec room, which wasn't a rec room. It was just a concrete room downstairs, but we called it a rec room. And he said, Johnny, Johnny, come here. Look look at this trip I'm going on. And my dad was like maybe in his early 50s, mid 50s. He bought a bus ticket for three months to travel unlimited Greyhound throughout the States. I said, what, you're just going by yourself? He said, yeah, yeah. And he he took wow. all these pictures of himself in different places in the U.S. But anyway, that's the kind of guy he was. He would just, you know, leave. We would hardly ever see him. And then we'd see him once in a while. But my mom gave me a lot of advice about life in that she would point her finger at me and she'd say, you're going to finish high school, you're going to university, and you're going to be whatever. You're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she was like that mother. But relationship advice, it was just, she's not good enough for you. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody. Now, did she have a good relationship with your dad? Now, it sounds like he was a bit of a wild card. No, for the first, you know, 15 years, whatever, uh, they had a a great relationship, uh, I think. But, you know, like all these immigrants that came over after the war, they had it so hard during the war. They were prisoners of war. They, you know, walked across Europe in the snow and everything else. And and then they came to Canada or the U.S. or Australia or wherever. And just like that, they all got jobs in the factory. Mm-hmm. And they were next thing. So they went from this crazy, crazy life to a, a very stable life. And Everybody on my street, every almost every father on my street had that same situation, whether they came from Italy, Croatia, uh, Serbia, uh, Russia, and almost every one of them ended up every night drinking beer with his and smoking cigarettes with their buddies at their respective nationalities, Legion. I was just say the Legion. <laughs> yeah, so they'd all be at the Legion every night, leaving the mothers to, and, and that's why we were latchkey kids, mm-hmm. because, you know, the mothers could only do so much, but the mother did a lot. Do you think that and like I know you've told me stories about your early dating life and you have the kind of vibe that oh you know girls liked me and whatever but I wasn't interested in them (laughs) I was a vibe (laughs) (laughs) but I was more interested in hanging out with my buddies and and things like that do you think that that had anything to do with you not getting 
any advice kind of or not having an like any open discussions like that or were you just like okay so i was so into sports that was mm-hmm. You know, girls terrified me till grade. I mean, not terrified. I mean, just like the thought of actually holding hands and, you know, like having a quick makeout session after a dance. That was always great. But actually being, <laughs> being in a relationship, being in a relationship, that was something that grownups did on TV. Mm-hmm. So I only cared about sports. Shane admitted to me recently uh, in an upcoming podcast that his first kiss wasn't until he was, what, 19? I've admitted that several times, yeah. All right, well, 19. Were you? I was 18. 18, Almost sorry. 19. Full adult, though. Were you as, what do you call it when somebody is? Gun shy? Were you as gun shy as he was? Not even close. <laughs> um, I, I had no real relationships. I, I went out with a series of girls for two months, starting in grade 11. But prior to that, first kiss would have been grade eight or nine. We had a banquet hall around the corner from us, the Hillcrest Restaurant, and someone had just won an election, a local election. And next thing you know, I, I must be in grade nine. All, we did this all the time, whether it was a wedding. We were wedding crashers. We were 12-year-old wedding crashers. <laughs> so we went upstairs to this banquet hall. They were, everybody was really happy because this guy had won the election. And I think I had alcohol that night. And some girl, nice-looking girl, too, she was drunk. She was probably <laughs> close to my age, but older. Wow. And she hauled me off. I can't remember exactly where, but she gave me a really, really good kiss. <laughs> and the funny thing is, you know how they say smell is one sense you never forget? Yeah. Her perfume, I, I'll be in a hospital or in a, in a mall. Some girl will be still wearing that perfume, and I'll recognize it just like that. 47 years later, wow. 48 years later. That's incredible. So what I actually, what I admire about you and not just you, but you and mom, you guys have an uncanny memory for so many things in your relationship. And I love so much that you celebrate all the different milestones that you guys hit. Like the first time you went out, when you first kissed, when more so than just, just your anniversary, when you got engaged, whatever. What was your best date when you were still in the courting phase, because the only date that I know of is your very first one where you saw a phantasm. Yeah, that was a pretty cool date. We talk about that date a lot. That would be th- the date, the best one, only because we got pretty serious early, even though mom didn't think so, because I was always hanging out with my buddies playing <laughs> sports. And But I, I was, I was committed early. But that very first date, we never forget so many things about it. We were holding hands walking down Main Street in Hamilton and a guy we went to high school with was coming the other way and it was a pretty deserted street at the time and as soon as I said hey Joe mom looked and saw who it was it was somebody from her high school and she took her hand away from mine <laughs> like she was embarrassed that's and, what I used to do with my first girlfriend yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so and, embarrassed and and, and and you know she still has no idea why she did that but it was just a natural inclination uh, but yeah, and then we saw this really, really cheesy horror movie, which has become, uh, you know, a classic and, uh, it's still really cheesy and stupid, but mm-hmm. you know, Phantasm. Phantasm. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of it other than you guys talking about it. It's stupid. You Google it. There's a fan club and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I wanted to get into relationship advice with your daughter and what is some relationship advice you gave to Alex? Like, did you have the talk? Yeah. Um, I never had the talk. With Alex or with Jake, really. Um, you know, I like, like never really the talk, the mm-hmm. talk, but we're very liberal people. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we believe that as long as you love people and as long as you're a nice person, we don't care who you love or whatever. Yeah. So as, lo- as long as the love it was there, we supported it. And even we might not have been as happy with a <laughs> boyfriend or two of Alex's. Well, when you walked in, Shane, we thought, he's a man. <laughs> <Get out. laughs> like, seriously, seriously. Like, like, I'm thinking Alex had gone out with guys we really liked, but they were boys. You know, like, maybe we didn't really like them, but... Oh, wow. I, cer- I certainly like to play guitar and sing with them. That's the nicest thing. And I've never been called that before, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Me too. So That's true. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, did you feel different about Alex dating than Jake dating? Or was it just no. the same? I trusted wow. them both. Wow. Like, and, and Lorna was the same way. We, You know what? They were... Like, Alex reminded me of me so mm-hmm. much growing up. So, uh, always. A little, not wild, but like to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Life of the party. Well, I was just going to say, like to be, get the party going no get matter par- where you are. Get the party going. Yeah. But you know what? I had pretty good judgment for the most part about when it came to life. Like, you know, and, and, mm. and I felt the same thing about both of them. They were both very responsible in a lot of ways even though Alex was the life of the party. Only because you brought it up. This wasn't a question that I actually wrote down to ask you, Dad. But before I brought Shane home, Mm -hmm. did you and Mom have any, because I've never asked you this, but did you guys, considering my last relationship, did you guys have any worries or reservations before I brought Shane home? And how did those change, if at all, once you guys met him? Well, the second that I saw that, what's that one tattoo that you're not happy about? Oh, the on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you call it? An on. <laughs> well, the second I saw that, I thought, oh, okay, I guess he's, you know, some kind of cool rapper or something. Like, <laughs> rapper. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you, you know, you, you might have told me or warned me that Shane might have, you know, tattoos. What I thought, like, everybody does. Like, it, I, I was just supportive from the get go. I, I would never have any preconceived mm-hmm. notions, right? But give me a few months with somebody, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think. But you know what I love? Your mom would tell you what she thought of your guys. Yeah, I didn't love that. I, it was great. And, 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 and so it just saved your ass. Saved my sure. ass. I, so listen to this. You got to be good cop. So, yeah. So, so listen to this, listeners. In, uh, we're in uh, Costa Qatar. Rica and Qatar. 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 Number one in Qatar. So Alex had this one relationship where <laughs> I kept telling my wife, said, I don't like this guy. This guy, this guy, and, and I would keep feeding these lines to my wife, right? I would, I would smile around Alex and tell her, oh, yeah, yeah, this, that guy's great, that guy's great. And, and, you know, we'd have fun together and stuff like that when the guy was around. But I'd keep feeding these lines to, to Lorna. And then eventually one day Lorna said to Alex, Alex, I don't like this guy. <laughs> so You're the puppet so, master. Yeah, so next thing you know, Alex does break up with the guy, but Alex and Lorna don't speak for a month after that. Sorry, may I say, we didn't speak for six months. No. Very much. We And here's the thing, my mom and I have the closest relationship and we love yeah. each other. I call her five times a day. I know. So I spoke the bare minimum and it was because of that. And here's the thing, dad, I was ready to break up with him that week. Mom said that and then I said, no, I'm pushing this out a little longer. <laughs> so even though I already had my next boyfriend on speed dial and we we're already on communicating, well, we were already going out a yeah. little bit. 
It's called cheating, Alex? No, no. It, it, we were going out as friends, okay? It wasn't the same. It, Emotional <laughs> cheating. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, even though I was prepared to move on then, I said goodbye to the guy that I was going to start dating. And I said, I'm going to try to work it out with this guy solely as an act of rebellion. So wow. it's like a Seinfeld episode. You went out with him for spite. I did. I, <laughs> to, I, to spite mom. I went out with him for an extra six months out of spite. Wow. Now... Before Alex and I got serious, I noticed that Lorna accidentally liked a photo of mine on Instagram, but like a year and a half like removed from when I posted it. So she went deep in my Instagram. Of course. Did you do that at all? I might have done it on your Facebook because I don't think I had uh, Instagram at the time. And you know what? Your Facebook was just like everybody else's Facebook. Like, but but it's a natural (laughs) thing to do. It's a natural thing to do. Like every time Jake. My, my son had a, yeah. a girlfriend. I would do the same thing. And let's just say Jake brought a, a buddy home from the hockey team or something like that. Well, I, you Creep know, like him. if I knew, like, you know, they were 15 years old and they're going on on a Friday night, I'd, I'd check out the guy's Facebook to see if there's all, you know, pictures of anything that I didn't like to see. But yeah. it's natural. It's very natural. Oh, I already feel that in Lucy's three. I'm already like checking out her perspective, like, you know, JK friends. <laughs> do they have Facebook? No, but their parents do. Oh, okay. Anyhow, Dad, I want to know. So, you and Mom, I don't know much about your courtship other than that it was pretty immediate. You guys started mm-hmm. dating after she got home from Europe, and you've been together ever since, mm-hmm. and it was great. But did you ever have, because one thing that I feel everybody has in common is awkward moments with in-laws. And I know that mom often talks about how Bobcha told her, like when you guys said that you were getting engaged, Bobcha goes to who? And mom's like, well, who do you think? But did you ever have any awkward run-ins or experiences with your in-laws? No, no, never. They were like, they liked me and I liked them. They were, you know, granny and granddad were, they, they were so welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was part of that family very early on. I think that mom had brought home a couple of guys that they didn't like before. Like me. Yeah, just like Mom you. and I have more in common <laughs> yeah. than I thought. So, mm-hmm. so I, 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 you know, like seriously, by, by the time, you know, I was already going to college and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I, I treated her with a lot of respect and uh, I treated the parents with respect and, and they gave me a lot of respect back. And I felt sorry for mom with my mother who was the domineering, but we love her. We love my mom, but she would just never, nobody was ever good enough until like five years into our relationship. Mm-hmm. Mom was finally good enough. Was that contentious for you with your no, mom? Because no. I knew my mom was just, she would be opinionated just to be opinionated. She wanted to assert herself, but you know what? It was all done in a loving way. Was there a particular moment where Lorna had won over your mom? No, I, I think it, it took... Uh, Lorna is an unbelievable cook. Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, she devotes so much time into it. And, you know, my mother on a Sunday night, you know, as you know, we've always had Sunday night dinner and, uh, and Lorna starts working on this mid-afternoon and we'd invite my mother over or mid-afternoon and she would watch Lorna in the kitchen while we were maybe on the deck having a drink and Lorna would be there for hours and, you know, nothing gains respect like hard work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my mom would talk about that a lot about how hard she worked in the kitchen and, you know, but, but it was just a facade with my mother. She was like as the most loving person in the world. And you know that better than anybody oh, else. Of course. And, and our listeners have heard me talk about my Bob chip before and just what a hard ass she was and how loving 
she was always. Yeah, she's like yeah. 95% of those immigrant grandmothers out exactly. there. Exactly. No matter where. You're from Syria or Russia or, you know, they're all the same. They, mm-hmm. they, 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 oh, by the way, the older I get, the more I really respect things that my mother or my grandmother, grandmothers had said. With age comes wisdom, of course. Mm-hmm. And give us some wisdom. Well, okay, I, I won't give you any wisdom, but okay. you Never guys mind. talked. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys talked uh, within the last couple of pods about the best age to be because you turn. You're turning 32 in yeah. in three days from now. Yeah. And you said, "What an age! What an age!" And I thought, you know, if you were to ask me to pick an age, seriously, it's. I really feel like you've got life figured out by about the 50s when you're in your 50s. No, seriously, you're not trying to impress anyone, not just friends because they're on your team or because they're on your street. They're the ones you have chosen to grow old with, you know? Yeah. Um, And hopefully you've got, you know, career finances, that kind of thing in check by that time. Kids are off to university or whatever. (laughs) You know, and it's not like, you know, we. so so my two favorite ages were 12. (laughs) I love being in the eighth grade. Love being in the eighth grade, the king of the castle, right? And then you're wide-eyed about everything. Yeah. And then the polar opposite is at some point in the 50s, and even now at 60, we'll both be 61 next in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. It feels like the best age ever. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Now, you're a very young 60, extremely Mm -hmm. young. Do you feel young, though? Oh, yeah, I really do. Like, you know, I... Uh, the only the only time I don't feel young is when you and I play basketball on Monday nights. I, I still love the banter and everything like that, but I can just tell, oh boy, like when I was 59, maybe when I started playing with you, yeah. and most of the guys were 25 to 40, 25 to 35, I thought, okay, this is the first time I'm feeling like I can't keep up with people. Mm-hmm. You can and, still kill me at tennis though, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll do it again this spring. We'll... Uh, We'll kill you some more in the spring. <laughs> in your mind, uh, how old do you feel? Not to be so fixated on age here, but how old do you feel you are? Yeah, okay. So because I tore my ACL, like total severed it uh, 11 or 12 years ago, I would have been in my late 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, if I still had that perfect knee, I think I'd feel like I was early 40s but because mm-hmm. i can't do the things on the court or on the field and you know like things like that i yeah. can't do those things so i'm feeling like maybe early maybe 50 mm-hmm. wow because you and mom have all you guys have a relationship that i've always wanted to pursue on my own mm-hmm. you know like well, you're there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know, you've really modeled what I think a healthy relationship looks like. And that's including everything, including disagreements and resolutions and, you know, showing your love and everything like that. If you had any advice for young couples or any couples to marriage, is there a secret sauce? Well, I think that we're a little bit more, I don't know if we do it in front of people so much, but we're always, you know, holding each other and like every single night, you know, mom leans up against me. We watch the news and then we'll watch whatever our show is that time, like Schitt's Creek or The Crown. And right now, that's what we're into, Schitt's Creek and The Crown. Uh, mom lays down and uh, she gets an hour long head tickle from me and during that show. And we're both, we've always been that way in terms of 
showing and telling each other how much we love each other. And and I know, Shane, that mm-hmm. you have said in previous episodes that, you know, you don't want that to get old. You don't want it to become rote. Like you're just always saying mm-hmm. it for the sake of saying it. Yeah. But mom's always been a very, very loving person, yeah. which I wasn't. I never, I didn't come into this relationship as that type of person at all, but she taught me to be that way. So it was nice to have that strong, loving person show me the way. Mm-hmm. And then I developed into it. But yeah, we just never stopped doing that. And, and, and one great thing about her, she really tries to have mutual interests, even right. though she wasn't a football player. She wasn't a, like all these things that I was doing 40 years ago, she got into. And she ended up playing, like as an adult, uh, touch football on the Canadian, uh, oh, wow. you know, like uh, champions. Like or, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they won the Canadian championship, didn't they, her team? They, 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 were, they went to the Canadians and did very, very well mm-hmm. the one year that my team did not go. So <laughs> I still had this long run of going to the Canadian championships every year, but the one time I was a, a fan. and But anyway, mom... Mom was so giving, always has been, and, and adapted. She 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 really taught me how to make it work. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a good heart and a good soul going into it, but I needed to, you know to be shown <laughs> how to uh, be empathetic, be you know mm-hmm. show a lot of love because we we didn't as a as a family growing up. Mm-hmm. That's funny because Alex, when we started our relationship, she hated reality shows, and I couldn't imagine her playing a video game. But then we got really into reality TV and video games just because you wanted to play ball and see what it was all about. And now we have our podcast, which take up 98% of our life. Which which, you also hated. (laughs) I did hate initially. And it is our biggest shared interest. It's our business. And it's honestly, it's like a pride and joy. Like it's kind of like a little baby. It you is. Know? And playing a toe jam in our own PlayStation 4. Oh my gosh, that is like my favorite thing to do. You talk about heaven, that's what it is for me. But love languages, I'm not sure how well versed you are in them, but Lorna's is obviously acts of service because yeah. she yeah. likes her head massage. And I'm the same way. Like if yeah. Alex scratches my back, yeah. I'm like, she loves me. What's right. your love language? Well, be more specific. What do I like? like? Okay, wait. I'm going to look up the love language. Okay, so I know a lot of people might be familiar with them. For those who aren't, so there are five love languages. And the first one is words of affirmation. So I love you, you look great, whatever. Second one is quality time. There's acts of service. So helping to clean around the house, things like that. Next is gifts. The next one is touch. Oh, that's it. (laughs) Words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, Gifts and touch. Yeah, you know what? The, okay, I'm. I can't pick one, right? Like, like I'm four out of the five. Yeah, you. The only one I'm not is gifts. Yeah, you can have several different love languages. Yeah, like I mean, we're all about words of affirmation, doing things for each other, and all, all the everything except for gifts. Like, if I gave mom a big diamond ring or something like that, she would probably look at me weird and say. You know what? What? That's not you. What? That's not us. What? What's up with that? Yeah, she's been hoarding that beautiful tennis bracelet you got her in a cabinet, and I have been waiting for the day where she's like, "Alex, you can just wear it." It was stupid. <laughs> stupid to say. I couldn't believe Mom asked me for a tennis bracelet thirty years ago, and I got it for her. It was like a few little diamonds. And I think she wore it a bit and then it fell off and we were looking for it. And I'm obsessed with it. So if she ever wants somewhere, you know, a loving home. Well, Jake's already got dibs on it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm sure no one listening knows this, but I'm not sure if you know it. Are you okay? 
Alex just spilled wine everywhere. Do you want to clean up? <laughs> now I know why my couch got dirty last time you filmed. So Al, we're, we're doing the podcast and Alex uh, spilled wine all over herself. This is very Alex. It wasn't me last time. It wasn't. Oh, it was Shane. Okay. Okay. Are you going to ask me the question yeah, while, still, while still... we're watching Alex clean up? Yeah. So Alex is cleaning up. Uh, she's somewhat klutzy sometimes, but I did spill the wine last time. But I wanted to ask now you inspired our date nights and how it happened is you and Lorna came over like this was like three months ago and you were dressed up and I said oh why are you dressed up and you went oh we're just having a date night and I laughed and I go I went seriously why are you dressed up you went no it's a yeah we're having a date night and I couldn't wrap my head around only dressing up for your significant other because to me I had this idea that oh dressing up means you're out to impress other people who don't typically see you at your worst. And then Alex is like, no, they actually do that. They they try to look good for each other. And I don't know why it was such a foreign concept to me, but it was. Once I got on board, I was really down with it. And I wanted to do that in our relationship. How did you come to that? And how long have you been doing date nights? And what does a date night look like for you? Well, there's nothing official. I love that you guys have an official date night with two little ones like this. There's no way that we had that. Like officially, mm-hmm. we probably could have used it. When so, so so good for you guys for doing that. I think it's great. I can't remember when we started doing it, but we just know that. Hey, we got the place to ourselves tonight. Nobody's gonna bother us. We think <laughs> because there's been enough times that people have knocked on the door. Whatever you know, just yeah. interrupted in the middle of the night. But on a on a Wednesday at you know nine o'clock. But uh, no, we just, so we had one last night. It wasn't an official date night, but Lorna knew I was going to be away for the next two nights, you know, coming here with you guys, and then I'm going to spend another night here. So it was just, just happened, and Lorna got dressed up, and I was dressed up, and we had the great, like we really did. We had an unbelievable night last night. We did very well for a couple of almost 61-year-olds. <laughs> Whose idea was it to get dressed up for each other? We've been doing it for so many years that we just say, oh, this is going to be a special night. But you know what? If Lorna goes to all that trouble to make, like spend hours and hours making this meal, researching it online, making the meal, you know, we we, we save the good wine for those nights and and things like that. You might as well take it all the way Mm -hmm. and and also look good. Put on. See, you guys are doing it at your age and with the kids (laughs) and you've also got your music picked out. I love that. We have got a playlist of about 200 songs or so. We've been listening to the same playlist forever. And, you know, I recently added 10 songs to it this weekend. And while we were driving, we were saying, oh, this one has to go on our playlist. And we were just thinking ahead to maybe three nights from now from when our date night was. But yeah, no, you were talking about how sense can transport you to another time. Yeah. Music can do that too. Oh my God. And yeah. that's why like, uh, I love listening to this nostalgia station because it mm-hmm. takes me back to like a romantic time that I didn't even know of. It feels like Midnight in Paris or something. Exa- that's what I was going to yes. say, Midnight in Paris. And, and I think, you know, for that reason, I like listening to Leon Bridges on our date nights too. Yeah. Because it's just that... It's a it's a kid free time in our relationship when Leon put out his first album and it just brings me back to that like really cool feeling we're newly dating kind of vibe. And one of our best dates was going to a Leon Bridges concert. Yes. We got gifted tickets which were really excellent seats mm-hmm. and we were sitting with a bunch of VIPs and it just felt like 
a once in a lifetime experience, which I don't think we're going to see land bridges anytime soon. So, hey, you're this family tree. Yeah. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> you're right. You're you guys right. number one in Costa Rica. <laughs> My my last question is, you and Lorna seem like the most perfect relationship. Like, I've never seen you raise oh, your voice or anything. What was a hard time for you as a couple, and how did you get through it? Yeah, the hardest time, without question, was I was way too young to have this job. I was like 33, and I was traveling all over the world. I ran a, like I ran a big division for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. And, Humble uh, brag, yeah. It was just way too, oh, do I? <laughs> and it was way too much responsibility. I was traveling all over the world, and my daughter, Alex, had a ton of health problems. Mm. She was having seizures, and I'm talking, you know, 11-minute-long grand mal seizures that made an ambulance driver and a policewoman cry, that kind of thing. And it was very, very serious. So here's Lorna at home with two little kids, and uh, I'll never forget, like I was in Paris one night at a hotel and I got in after dinner and um, there was all these messages at the front desk because don't forget, it was the early 90s. There was no cell phones. Right. So Lorna called the hotel and I get to the hotel to get my key because that's the way it worked. I get my key and they say, oh, Miss here, we have some messages for you. And they give you all these paper messages. It said, your daughter is in the hospital. Jeez, and Alexander's had, and there, were, and there were a series of pieces of paper. Everyone was a message from Lorna every hour. And it was an unbelievably hard time. We got through it because uh, Lorna just like willed it. She like, you know, she she is so strong in terms of our relationship, for one thing, and her relationship with her kids like she, she's all about relationships. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've learned so much from her and she has helped us so much. It was a un, way too stressful time for me. Oh, and plus she was going to university yeah, full time. I, was, I oh my goodness. Here, she wasn't a stay at home mom doing nothing. She was mm -hmm. watching the kids. I'm all over the place. And she's going full time to university, mm -hmm. being uh, you know uh, an honor student. So wow, that's yeah, mind blowing. It was all because of her. So my last question, you know, when we ask you something, you do attribute everything to mom. And here's the thing: I believe that because mom is all about relationships, and she values her relationships with other people more than mm. anything else. And I so respect her for that. But what do you think you bring? to the relationship that is important. Oh, okay. Well, as, as great as mom is with relationships, she never really had relationships with friends where she would keep in touch with them all the time mm -hmm. while dating and everything. It, it, it was like when she was with a guy, I think that she was with a guy. And then in between guys, she, she'd hang out with some friends. I brought to mom the sense of team, mm -hmm. like having a really close-knit bunch of friends. In fact, I've got a few groups of close-knit friends, and mom is now friends with all them. And so I think I've expanded her horizons in terms of uh, relationships outside of the personal relationships. And plus, I was a little more uh, outgoing, and we, we had a little more fun. I don't know how to characterize that, mm -hmm. but... You know, just like you know, me playing guitar and singing or whatever. Like she would not do that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. We've said on this podcast, this is my last, last question, that Alex is more like you. Would you agree with that? And who do you think Jake is the most like? Your son. 
Yeah. So Alex is uh, 95% me. Yeah. Like in everything. And, and I love when I listen to your podcast <laughs> and you, I just however you describe her, you, you just describe something she did that day <laughs> and her attitude about it. I think, oh, my God, that's me. Yeah. And like, you know, oh, yeah, totally. it's, it, and it, it, it's it, and you it's all it's, if I can bring it up. It's like your other podcast. I told you before yeah. it's it's Max, like the way he lives his life, I think, is the way I live my life. And I think the way that. Yeah. You live your life, whereas you, mm-hmm. you're, you're such a great couple because you bring so much structure mm-hmm. and passion about getting the job done. Yeah. That's not us. Right. Our, our, <laughs> our jo- us, it's not about dotting the I's and crossing the T's. It's about just having fun doing it and, and things like that. Yeah. And things get left by the wayside. We don't, we don't finish the job. Our, us. Because we have too much fun doing the job. So it's like, oh, we had so much fun. Let's not, you know, let's not even worry about those final touches. It's yeah. fine. It's and, over and, with. But, but Shane, you're you're perfect at Thank tying you. up every Stop single right loose yeah. end. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't understand that when I first met you. I thought, oh, he's, he's, he's very intense. Because, you know, like <laughs> like the thing you've talked about often. Like you just look at, you look at people and say, yeah, yeah, tell me more. Tell me yeah. more. Wait, did you think Shane was really intense when you first met him? Uh, yeah. Well, I like to um, listen to people. So you do, yeah. 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 So I like looking at them, but it, because if I'm not, then I'm looking off and not paying not attention. Intense. No, you. You know what? When mm-hmm. I said I thought you were a man, I thought you were a grown up, mm-hmm. and a lot of being a grown up goes with listening. Yeah. It's you know I'll admit it. I have to work hard at listening, and when I do well in my job or relationships, it's because I listen and act appropriately. But you, that's your strength is uh you know you you listen and ask the right questions um and speaking of questions you also asked me about jake yes uh my son we're so much alike in certain things but he is more like other people in my family where wow he knows a good deal (laughs) he jake jake's mind is always turning he but but he's not as flamboyant as you know, me, my brother, my sister, you, you know, we, we've got that quality. I'll admit it. And, and it's a fun quality to have. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> mind having it at all. But, but Jake is, is a little more reserved, but boy, does he get stuff done. And he is the wittiest guy I've ever met in my well, life. Well, thanks a lot. But, <laughs> <laughs> but dad, that, that's it. And I just, I want to say thank you so much for intruding upon our date night and adding this extra fun element to it. I think this was so special and I really, I really want to say thank you for being a part of tonight with us. You guys are the best. And you know what? I am a fan, as you know, of the pod. You um, are, yeah. Our, yeah. I, I, our number one fan a lot would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I, I love, uh, I, and I learn a lot too. I honestly do. Um, I, I wish I could be uh, somebody in the background feeding you information saying, uh, like only because I'm so invested <laughs> in it emotionally. I think, oh, wow, I wish I could have said this funny thing. You know, that's how, that's how much I am into the pod. But I really like, no, you guys do a great job. And, and, I, and I'm so happy for well, you. Well, listening, when I'm editing the pod, sometimes I'm like, I should have said this. And do you know what I'll do? This is, um, I'll record it in my room. I'll record a witty comeback that I didn't say in real time. There, I'm drunk enough to admit that. But John 
Alex, thank you so much for this date night. And uh, yeah, give us a five-star rating. Anything to end it with? No, no. Dad, I love you. Shane, I love you. And uh, best date night. Best date night. Love you both, guys. Love you too. Bye-bye.